Hi, this is Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Obsessions with my co-host, Frank Santo Padre. We're once again recording at Nutmeg with our engineer, Frank Verderosa. I'm going to laugh through this entire episode. I'm, I'm going to go on the record. And I, I don't have the intro typed out. What's the name of this next guest? Uh, he's someone who is very, very special to this show yes. and the history of this show. He's someone who's been referenced on this show dozens of times. And and somebody stopping me from being referenced, yes. too, on this show. You're always nice about it, Frank. I keep bringing his name up. If you're a regular listener to this show, and shame on you if you're not, you know the name, Gino Salamone. And he is here in the flesh, entertainment reporter deluxe. <laughs> We're never going to get through Interviewer this. to the stars. Yes. The great Gino Salomon. And are we having our picture taken? <laughs> yes, we are. Did you want to say Because I'm from Milwaukee, yes. he has to do Henry yes, Winkler. I understand. Henry Winkler, who said to me, you know, Gilbert always wants me to go down roads that I don't want to go, and I won't go down those roads with Gilbert. <laughs> Similar to what Paul Williams said after he did the show. Yeah, well, no, I ran into Paul Williams, too, at the Four Seasons Hotel. Yeah. I said, I'm a friend of Gilbert's. He goes, Gilbert can be very inappropriate. Yes. <laughs> True enough. Yeah, I got the same speech. <laughs> Which is the perfect Paul Williams word. Well, but there are great cities that Paul Williams' words are perfect. <laughs> Minneapolis, Minnesota. <laughs> and who was his favorite woman uh, who was ever on The View? Debimatonopolis. Oh, <laughs> I've never when, heard him do that. When, oh, yeah. when I'm with her, I feel like I'm a Chilo Mastriani. <laughs> this is what our phone calls are like all the time. All right. Well, you, you, do you want to give a little backstory here about your okay. history and how the, how long the two of you have known each yes. other? Yes. I was working in radio, and in 1986, I started this company where I would book old TV stars for appearances. Like Gilbert. Well, <laughs> like Gilbert. Yeah. And the first time I met him, he was painfully shy. Uh-huh. But... We started talking about Milton Berle, and that was the beginning of the friendship. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure you can guess what we talked about. I can guess. <laughs> Similar to what we just asked Ed Begley. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And how long have you guys been friends? Since the 80s. Since the 80s. Yeah. What we talked about with Milton Berle was live television. That's <laughs> <laughs> and the, the last days of vaudeville. <laughs> Uh, so so I, I started I, booking all these people, go ahead. and so Gilligan told Beaver, who told Grandpa Munster, and I started representing a lot of these older celebrities for personal appearances. Fantastic, yes. And and I told you, you got There's a book in this uh, that you have to. But I can't tell all the stories. What if, what about when they're all gone? It'll he, be written immediately. Okay. <laughs> and Gil, all the Gilbert stories will be in there, too. And and we started talking like about Al Lewis and Gilbert's impression is so good. You know, him, him, him at the end, you can give him any subject. So if I said, I would say, let's say tennis, and he would say, Yeah, yeah, tennis, tennis, hit my balls over the net. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, 
That's your Al Lewis. And I represented Al Lewis, and he he left me a message one time, and he said, send me a fax with all the itinerary of the appearance I'm doing. So I call him up, and I leave a message on his machine saying, well, well, give me the number of your fax machine. Now, keep in mind, he said, fax me the details. Mm -hmm. So this is the message that Al left me. Ah, He's brought clips. Well, it's it's. Something special because it's Gilbert's impression, but it's the real guy talking about it. You know, this is Al Lewis in New York. What fax machine? I don't know what you're talking about. If you have an itinerary, Gino, leave it on the machine. Let me know. As long as I know somebody's picking me up at the airport, we'll go to the hotel and then whatever else they got planned. at me on the phone and then he started laughing it's like you never knew what you were going to get with Al you know and I'm so happy because I would always book him with Butch Patrick how great Butch's life has turned around yeah I heard him on your podcast yeah he's doing really well I was surprised because when we booked him we thought it would be one of these like entertainingly bitter old drunken and he's just totally he's got a complete sense of humor yep. right. about him and his lowest. Right. Yeah. And one time I had Grandpa Al and Bob Denver booked together, and Bob Denver calls me and goes, you're not going to believe what Al Lewis did. I said, what happened? He said, we get to the, to the airport. Now, this was before 9-11, so people could come to the gate. And about 400 people show up to welcome them to the city. <laughs> and Grandpa Al looks over when it's completely quiet and goes, where are the star fuckers? <laughs> <laughs> And is it is it you that booked um I think Grandpa and Butch Patrick at some event out of town? Because yes. the two of them would only work on Halloween. Right. Someone somewhere. <laughs> <Is that> true? <laughs> yeah. Wait it a was, minute. Well it was kind of like <laughs> Danny Bonaducci said he knew on Christmas someone would cast him as a partridge in a pear tree. <laughs> That's what he'd be booked And Gino as. did those bookings. Well, I did a booking, and this is rare because normally Gilbert steals my stories and tells them <laughs> as if they happen to him. I don't know what you're talking about. Are you talking about when Butch got robbed? Uh, oh, yes, the Butch got robbed. Dressed as Eddie Munster <laughs> in New York with all the cash on him going home. Well, you must have money on him. Cole, he, he's, he's Eddie Munster. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> Which Patrick was mugged by the kingfish? Yeah. <laughs> well, holy mackerel, it's Eddie Munster. <laughs> yes. Okay. Yes, Frank, save us. So you're not just an entertainment reporter to the stars. No, no. You also booked right. nostalgia shows. Yes. You autograph, and you st- you don't do it anymore. But once you, in a while, once but in rarely. a while you dabble in it. You you booked. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to get the guy's bio out. Grandpa here. Al Lewis <laughs> and 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 Eddie Munster to do some Halloween, some pathetic. <laughs> Halloween. Don't say that. When they would give them. 39 cents each. No, they made no. good money. Oh, okay. They made good money. So tell, say what happened on the plane. 
Oh, okay. So Al tells me this story. He was called by MTV to do spring break. And he said, you know what? How about adding Butch Patrick? He said, oh, perfect. Yes, Grandpa, great idea. So Al is sitting in first class. Okay, keep in mind, he's in first class. Butch is in coach. (laughs) And he said, all of a sudden, he sees two federal marshals get on the plane and walk off with Butch. (laughs) (laughs) So he goes into the tunnel where they're standing. The flight attendant lets lets him go out. And he said, "Uh, what's going on here? And he said, well, this he's been drunk and kind of yelling at people around him. He says, trust me, I'll take care of him. He said he grabbed Butch by the lapels, put him up against the wall. He goes, you don't have a glass of water. You don't look at anybody. You don't say anything. And (laughs) poor Butch had to go back to his seat. Oh, my God. (laughs) (laughs) But what a thrill to be on that plane being cursed out by a shit-faced Eddie Munster. (laughs) How badly would you like to have been sitting next to him? You would be telling the story to this day, right? Yes, yes. <laughs> well, Gina, since you bring it up, what yes. are what are some of your classic stories that he's that he's uh, swiped on the show and claimed okay. for his own? Let me see. Well, the one that you know he should take credit for. He always talks about when he went to Sid Mountain's house. I know this one. Now I took Sid Mountain uh, Gilbert to Sid Mountain's house. Well, we had been friends for years. Before <laughs> that. We did have a lot of phone calls with him. Yes, and talk yes. about how he would answer until he knew it was us. Oh yes. Yeah, he he would answer. I mean, this was he hadn't worked for God for a few decades, <laughs> and he was old and weak. And we'd call up, and it would be uh, it would be like a pathetic cartoon character, <laughs> like hello. And then we go, "Hi, it's it's Gino and Gilbert." And go, "Oh, hi, fellas." <laughs> Just turn it on. <laughs> The one story that he didn't steal that he should tell, and I can't believe he never tells it. We're we're talking to Sid on one of these three-way calls, and he goes, Sid, let me ask you a question about Danny Top. And before he could say miss, (laughs) Sid went, it's true. (laughs) (laughs) And Sid, you know, worked with Danny Thomas on, you know, Make Make Room room for for Daddy. Daddy. And so that when I got that one, that was boy. That must have made your year oh, to get confirmation. It made my life. Yeah. Okay, so we're at Sid's house on the glass coffee. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're at Sid's house, and Sid has this very yippy, jumpy dog that kept jumping on top of Gilbert. So Gilbert was sitting next to Sid, and I was on the other side of the room. He would look at Gilbert, and Gilbert was very polite, petting the dog. And then when he would look at me on the other side of the room, Gilbert would take the dog and throw it on the ground <laughs> because it kept annoying him. It was like the most perfect timing I'd ever seen. Because Like a, like a Blake Edwards he, sight right. gag worked yes. out in time. Yeah, a total sight gag, it looked like. <laughs> But I love that you got the verification yes. from someone close to the source. Yes. I mean, boy, there's no one more trustworthy than that in that situation. Right. You know what's interesting about the dynamic between the two of you is that he secretly wants to call these people and reach out to them, but, okay. he, doesn't, but he won't do it. All right, please. Can we talk about this? Because <laughs> I'm so annoyed by this. And I was talking to Dara about it. The yes. frustration. First of all, let's Dara's, say. Dara's in the room. Yes, but let's. And I would say it if she wasn't here. <laughs> 
what an effect Dara has had on his life. Yes, a positive effect. The best effect. thing that ever happened to him, right? Because when I, when, when, I met him at, when I met him in 1994, and maybe I thought it was me, he wouldn't talk. No, he was very shy. He was very shy <laughs> yeah. and wealthier because yes. Dara yet to spend any of the fortune. <laughs> the one that was in hefty bags in his mom's house? <laughs> We will return to Gilbert Gottfried's Amazing Colossal Podcast after this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. And now back to the show. Why doesn't he call these people? Mel Brooks. If he would call Mel Brooks, yep. Mel would be on the we'd podcast. Have him, we'd have had him by now. What a better guest than Mel Brooks for the podcast. He'd rather run with the gag. Till, he'd rather yes, run the yes. he'd rather run the gag into the ground and never call him. <laughs> Don Rickles. We could have had dinner with Don Rickles. I would tell him over and over, let's let's call. I'll arrange it. How come it. we never did? Oh, don't even say it. <laughs> He's going to knock the it, lights out. I got my Don Rickles moment. You didn't. You could have had. Rickles would have loved you. But no, no. Go ahead. Stay inside. Don't go anywhere. Don't do anything. <laughs> Make the call. And every time a celebrity that we love dies, he calls me and goes, you know, I'd like to have lunch with so-and-so who just died. <laughs> he Well, he's carried it. We've said it on the show many times. He carried Norman Fell's number around with him. He carried George Carlin's number around with him. Who's Jonathan Winters. Jonathan Winters. So he needs a foil. He needs somebody like you that's actually going to drag him to Sid Melton's house. Oh, and one of Charlie's Angels numbers. Uh, really? Tanya Roberts? Uh, no, no, no. David Doyle? <laughs> John that would have been the perfect one. That, that's David Doyle's the one I jerk off to. Okay. That's understandable. Okay. Uh, what was, was her name? Kate Jackson? Oh, maybe. No, no. She wasn't a Charlie's Angel. <laughs> she was the girl, one of the replacements. Oh, Priscilla Barnes. Priscilla Barnes. Oh, I introduced you to Priscilla yeah. Barnes at that comic, yes. at that uh, that autograph show. But yeah. why? Why don't you do this? Why don't you could you could have gone? I heard it on your podcast. You could have gone to Woody Allen's house for dinner, yeah. but you would not follow oh, up Slayton to do it. Yes, him, yeah. yes. Why? What is that? <laughs> Something to annoy you with? I guess <laughs> so. Yeah. Oh, and let's talk about how you've annoyed me. Yes. Now, Frank, one of my great loves <laughs> in doing this. Is Sandra Bullock. Yes. So the first time I interviewed her, she flirted with me. So at the end of the interview, I proposed and she accepted. She said, if I can decorate the house and pick where we live. Great. Hilarious. The next time I come in, I said, you know, last time I proposed and you you accepted. I never heard from you. She said, that's because I never saw a ring. I reach in my pocket. I pull out a big candy ring. She puts it on her hand out. I put the ring on her finger. She kisses me and says, oh, honey, I'm so happy. She wears it the whole day. The inquirer calls me because someone tipped them that she was engaged. I swear to you. Wow. Then, did she put a ring pop on her finger? Yes, exactly. Yeah. And I she wore it I gave day. my wife a ring pop when I proposed. Look at, see, Look we at were the two meant us. to be Who friends. Knew? That's Who right. knew? So then she loved The Wizard of Oz. I brought in Jerry Marin, the lollipop kid. He <laughs> sings to her and gives her the sucker. She says, oh, honey, you do love me. So, okay, I always like to do something special every time. I bring in Florence Henderson as my mother. Florence opens her mouth, checks her teeth. She said, Gino, I think you could do better this. Sandra says, 
Gino, you need to choose. It's me or her, and I pick Sandra. Okay, so <laughs> that's a great clip, by the way, the Florence <laughs> Anderson clip. All right, so the movie is coming out. The Heat. Mm-hmm. It's her and Melissa McCarthy. Mm-hmm. I asked Gilbert. It's in New York. I said, Gilbert, can you come? And here's what I'd like you to do. Which was <laughs> what was I thinking? What do you mean? He would go along with I what I wanted him to do. Foolhardy. So I say, I'm going to say. You know, Melissa, I've been trying to tell her how I feel all these years. She can't hear me. He's going to come in yelling and go, will you just marry him? Or so I thought. (laughs) Do you want to say, well, I think we can hear what happened. Here's the clip. I've been trying to tell her how I feel for years. She doesn't hear me. No matter what I say, she doesn't hear me. So I brought somebody in who hopefully she will be able to hear. So... Why the hell won't you marry him? Just get married to him. It'll have Kate. It'll be a sexless marriage. I mean, look at him. For God's sake. But look, don't worry. You stay married to him and I'll fuck you. Don't you worry about it. If, if, if you want to fuck me, just sit there and look at me confused. That's right. It's a deal. Okay, I'll meet you at the Motel 6. Why am I so turned oh on right now? I am so turned oh on God. right now. Oh, my God. Now, if you can see me, I look like JFK when the first bullet hit. Like, what? My hands went up to my throat to grab my throat. Back back and to the left. Yes, and I'm thinking, Frank, it's over. They're never going to let me do an interview with her again. The studio's going to be angry. They're never going to let me. And by the way, then she comes back, and what? you came back in the room. What does she say to you? Oh, oh, Frank Furteroso will play that now. You are brilliant. Come here. I will fuck you. Yeah. Okay. This is Sandra Sandra Bullock. Bullock. Uh, internationally known beautiful actress. <laughs> yes, Gilbert, I will fuck you. You know now, how did that make you feel? <laughs> well, I guess you really wanted to know because you've asked me that about a thousand times. When you will call me and remind me and say, "What did she say to me again?" And then you you bring that back. Now, the worst and most- Frank, can you uh, play that again, please? <laughs> Why am I so turned on right now? You are brilliant. Come here. Uh, You know, my mom died. That was one of the worst days of my life. This is close, okay? (laughs) This is close because he... And then you'd think I'd be smart enough to... Okay, Uh, all right, let me go back to this. Go ahead. So I walk out, and I see her publicist walking down the hall, and she's not smiling, and I think, okay, that's it. This is my last time. And she gets up to me. She goes, Gino, that was the greatest thing ever. I'm like, no, it wasn't. Then the studio comes up and says, can we have a copy of that? No, I don't want anyone to see this. Did she prefer Gilbert or Florence Anderson? Uh, what was the bigger surprise? Well, she loved Gilbert. Yeah. She, and then she said to me, what did you think he was going to say? I said, I don't know. I trusted him. I didn't expect that. And Frank Verderosa, can you play that <laughs> line? I think it's, oh, yes, Gilbert, I will fuck you. One more time. You are brilliant. Come here. I will fuck you. Yeah. All right. And she did say, oh, I'm so (laughs) turned on right now. And then you made the mistake of of interviewing Scarlett Johansson. Right. And, And somehow your name came up and then the words I dreaded hearing. Oh, I love him. (laughs) That's news on this podcast. (laughs) Oh, I know. I know. She's come up more than once. And and just recently, 
you interviewed Natalie Portman, and you went out of your way to make sure my name didn't come up. Absolutely. In- <laughs> That's right. I don't. There was no way I was going to say it, and I did not say it, and I will never say your name again. <laughs> nice Jewish girl. Because <laughs> <laughs> Natalie Portman has said, oh, I'd blow him in a second. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'd like to keep working. <laughs> this is going to be another lost episode. This is going to, this is going to go with Erwin, Car- Erwin Corey in the closet, so just so Gino can continue to work. Now, you you also interviewed uh, Diane Cannon. Look at him running the show. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is my best night in months. Now, okay. <laughs> and, well, as a matter of fact, before I get to that, I think Sandra, he host. I think Sandra Bullock said... I'm so turned on right now. <laughs> yes, Gilbert, I will fuck you. Oh, and the, the it, brutality with which you use that F word, that strong. It's like it's like a three second. It's a dagger, isn't and it? And as your analyst, I say again, how did that make you feel? <laughs> yeah, not good. I'll tell you right now. All right, so Diane Cannon, I'm a... A boy coming of age when Diane Cannon sure. is hot. Bob, Bob and Carol and Ted yes. and Alice. One of the sexiest girls around. Mrs. Yes. The ex-Mrs. Cary Grant. Right. So I'm interviewing for a movie, and George Hamilton is in the movie. So I make a crack about George tanning, and this is what happened. I understand that you were able to get George Hamilton not to tan. Wait a minute, that's that's a mistake. That's that's recording of Dara on Gilbert's wedding night. <laughs> There's been some mistake. <laughs> I didn't know what to do when this was happening. The crew was looking at me. It's like, is this ever going to stop? I mean, that is something out of a horror film. It, it that's one of those sounds <laughs> that strange. the technicians would work for years and go, not quite scary enough. Well, as bad as that sounds, it's not as bad as what I heard in the room with Sandra Bullock and you. <laughs> I think you have that what? clip. Yeah, do you have that clip? <laughs> <laughs> now I'm calling for the clip that causes me pain. <laughs> we'll put it in later. Yes. <laughs> well, what... what... <laughs> Diane Cannon, by the way, would be excellent on this show. Well, yes. Not after this. <laughs> get Diane Cannon. This episode will never get out. Can we hear Don't the worry. Diane Cannon again? I understand that you were able to get George Hamilton not to tan. I'm making that my ringtone right now. <laughs> you You'll great. always hear it, Frank. It's great. <laughs> yes. That's like something out of those haunted house movies. <laughs> and it wasn't polite laughter. You no, really, you no. really got to I her. Guess I guess I what tickled the... her fancy. <laughs> <laughs> so, so what did you do with her? <laughs> I tickled her fancy. That's what I did with Sandra Bullock. <laughs> And what's sickening to me, Frank, I've seen Sandra Bullock like three times since mm-hmm. then. And what does she always want to talk about? Gilbert. Gilbert. <laughs> Gilbert. The delightful oh, Gilbert. I'm so turned oh, on yeah. right now. I am so oh, turned on right now. Oh, my God. 
Everybody loves Gilbert. (laughs) 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 We're gonna. we're going to save that and use that in future episodes. Okay, great. <laughs> when a story goes nowhere. That, that could scare rats away. <laughs> We're going to save that. That's going to become a staple on this show, courtesy please, of Gino Salamone. Please enjoy it. Because we'll steal your sound effects as well as your stories. I'm going to be waking up in the middle of the night screaming. <laughs> Dreaming of hurting And I'm going to be screaming about you with Sandra Bullock. Even the short dose is too much, right? That's almost as disturbing as, what was that thing Sandra Bullock (laughs) said? I am so turned on right now. You are brilliant. I'm here. I will fuck you. Yeah. Let me make... Let me make a list of people who will now never come back. <laughs> That's right. Diane Cannon. Right. Sandra Bullock. <laughs> no. And? Oh, oh, okay. Okay, here we go. You want to okay. set this one up? Well, everyone always said to me, who's the great people to talk to? Who's the worst to talk to? And the worst any entertainment reporter will tell you is Tommy Lee Jones. Because he makes it difficult. He doesn't want to be there. He likes to make you squirm. So I'm doing No Country for Old Men. And... On the way out, someone recognized me from my town in the plane and said, who's the best to talk to and who's the worst? I said, I'm going to talk to the worst right now, Tommy Lee Jones. And the person said, well, my son plays football for Harvard, and Tommy Lee Jones spoke to the team last year. And I thought, great, I'll go with that. So I walk in, his dead eyes are staring at me, and I say, tell him that story. I said, what do you say to these young men? And he just looked at me and said, and? And I didn't say anything. And he kept staring at me, and then he said again, and? It was awful. LA Magazine did a cover story. 100 Things to Fear in Los Angeles. Number one was Earthquake. Two was Mudslides. Number six was Tommy Lee Jones at a press junket. Seriously? I swear to you. That's hilarious. And I heard, and while he was doing Batman, he he made it very open about the fact that he hated Jim Carrey. He did not get along. And wanted nothing to do with him. Didn't he go up to him in a restaurant? Jim Carrey went up to him in a restaurant and he said, I hate you. Something like Something, that. Yeah. 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 That was a that was supposedly a tough no, set. No, no, that's what you did to me in a restaurant. <laughs> oh, I yeah, say it to yeah. you every time I talk to you. <laughs> Have you had uh, other difficult interviews? Anybody? No, nothing just, like Everybody's that. been smooth. Everyone's been fantastic. Because you asked me on the phone to guess, and I didn't guess Tommy Lee yeah. Jones. I heard a Tommy Lee Jones story. I think someone may have told it on this podcast that he was working on a movie and... Uh, you know, I, I, it's been rumored that he gets thirsty sometimes. And he came out, it was like some morning shoot. He comes out of his trailer with bloodshot eyes, and he has to do a scene with an actress. And uh, right before the director yells, cut, Tommy Lee goes, uh, uh, just give me a second. And Tommy Lee bends over, and it's like, and puke. I never heard this story on the ground, and then goes, "Okay," and then wow. does the scene. Then he which, said, "And yes, yeah. and <laughs> which is also what Dara did on their honeymoon night. Yes. There you go. You brought it full circle. Now, and and she also made this sound. 
I don't doubt it. <laughs> now, one of the stories Gilbert loved, uh, a guest who has already been on the podcast, Steve mm. Cox. Yeah. Writes all oh, the TV yes, show books. Yes, yes. We're driving and he says, do you want to meet Chubby from The Little Rascals? Like, yeah, who great. Chubsy Ubsy? Right. He yeah. was before Spanky. Okay. So we go in and <laughs> Chubby is a a, sh- a little person. Okay. okay? A midget. <laughs> which, which is the by the way, that, that term is only used on this podcast. I hear it only in on this, this show. DNA, yeah. This so day and age. We knock at the door and little Chubby comes to the door in his boxer shorts and a sweatshirt, and his boxer shorts is a big pea stain. And he goes, hey, I'm sorry, I just I just soiled my britches. And it's like, oh, Chubby. So we sat down with Chubby, and he handed me a pile of fan letters, and he said, uh, could you give these to Mr. Roach and make sure they answer these? And it just broke oh, my heart. because oh, that, is a, that is tough. I, I know. We, we've seen the, the sad side of showbiz, and that was one of those. But, of course, you love that. <laughs> He loves the degradation. Yes. He lo- it's like Hollywood and Babylon for him. Then wasn't there like one of the munchkins or something yeah. on why he hates traveling? Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> so I booked five of the munchkins to Pittsburgh. Okay. Only you could say <laughs> that's that. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> else would fucking hang themselves. <laughs> Wait, maybe you could relate to it. I made money off of it. <laughs> All right, so I booked the Munchkins. It's the corner. It's it's uh, one of the sleepyheads and the lollipop kid, Jerry Maron. When, when are you gonna just fling yourself out a window? <laughs> Probably when this airs. You'll see the shadow like in The Wizard of Oz with the hanging munchkin. So I called Jerry Marin, the lollipop kid. I said, how's it going, Jerry? He goes, I can't do these anymore. I said, what's the matter? He goes, hey, it's been three days and I can't crap. And it's like, oh, poor constipated Jerry. That's the story you wanted to tell a constipated munchkin? He's clapping right now. (laughs) You're a a sick individual. Frank Burroughs has a new a new toy that he's going to ju- use his ringtone. Yes, he wasn't yes. shitting. And Frank, Damn. do you have a copy of Sandra Bullock going, "Yes, Gilbert, I will fuck you." You I don't are know. brilliant. Come here, I will fuck you. Yeah, it could be Jerry Mary. We have to thank you too thank for what you've you. done for this podcast. I love this podcast. If I didn't even know you guys, I would listen to it. And. That Gilbert is one of my closest friends who I absolutely detest. Right. <laughs> you know my wife loves you. I Look, Frank, we, we, it's an, when it, we met, yes. instant friendship. Instant instant love. But you. <laughs> we get ex- my wife and I get excited when you come to New York. Well, thank you. And then, But you never do what he does. I'll be listening to the podcast and I'll hear him tell the story and say, no, that's my story. <laughs> and then last week I... We were talking on the phone. I said, did I ever tell you the story? He goes, hold on a second. Let me get a pencil. (laughs) You know, I've tried repeatedly to bring your name up and say, that's Gino's story. But he cuts me short because it was a runner. Oh, and how about the the legendary one that I told you, not that you heard, about Peter Marshall talking about going backstage, going through the Gold Diggers dressing room. Okay. With Paul Lynn. Okay, let me tell it. (laughs) This is not how it happened. (laughs) This is... Uh, Peter Marshall brought Paul Lynch into the gold diggers dressing room. And and uh, he said, 
<laughs> no, no, he didn't. <laughs> this place smells like cunt, I think. <laughs> okay, and that's not what he said because <laughs> I can't. I would always call him and correct okay. him. Okay, and then he Peter said, Marshall corrected this him. This place smells like a big hairy cunt. <laughs> It's getting worse. It's getting farther yeah, from the truth no, with no. each telling. Uh, but, you know, we've got to print the legend now because it's become part of this show. I just want to thank you before we get out of here. And our engineer has to go home. He has a family. And, yes, and you have a tape of Sandra Bullock saying something to me. Why am I so turned over right now? You are brilliant. Come here. So <laughs> Thanks, Frank. You had to play the second part too, huh? You you have brought us uh, 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 Gino Conforti, yes, Art Matrano, yes. Uh, no, no, I I looked those. Down. <laughs> no, you <laughs> didn't. R- uh, Richard Donner is soon to join us. Right. Thanks to thanks to you, Tony Sandler. Tony Sandler. Gino has become the best friend this podcast has ever had. <laughs> And you'll never, ever get a thank you or any credit from this part, acknowledgement no, from this No, part. but I will say this. I bought him a million dinners, a million lunches, but when it was his birthday, his 60th birthday party, and yep. it was going to be a dinner, I said, I'm going there if I have to walk, because this is food that Gilbert paid for. That's where and we it met. it was delicious. That's yeah, right. It was, it was his wife, of course, yeah, well, of who course. sprung. Of course. Again, can we say Dara is the greatest thing that ever happened to She's him? a saint. Yes. I said it. The she... Miami Beach audience is the greatest audience in the whole world. Good night, everybody. <laughs> And, and if you listen closely, after he goes, yes, Gilbert, I will fuck you. Jack Gleason, really? And he had on his pinky ring and a drink and a cigarette. And a robe, too. Wasn't he always yes, in a robe? Yes, right? yes, yes. Oh, hey, Sammy Spear. <laughs> Gino, you're the best. I love you guys. You are the best there is. I'm glad you are finally here. It only took four years and 300 shows. And can we have that line of Sandra Bullock saying, yes, Gilbert, I will fuck you? You are brilliant. Come here. I will fuck you. Yeah. It's going to be a runner. Misery. It's going to be a runner. Misery. You are the best. I love you. Thank you. Love you guys. You want to sign off? But <laughs> that, that was Diane Cannon when Gino said to her, do you respect what I do in show Will you come back and do another I one sometime? To. Okay, I would love pal. To. Tell us about Rickles. Thank you. You want to sign off or what? Okay. <laughs> this has been <laughs> the silliest this show we've been ever done. Gilbert and Frank's amazing, colossal podcast. No obsession. Yeah, oh, <laughs> this has been Gilbert and Frank's amazing, colossal obsessions. And we had some guy. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> The great Gino Solomon. Yes. 
And one time, Gino <laughs> Salomon asked Diane Cannon, he said, do you have any respect for me as a human being? And she said, what? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll add it in. <laughs> Thanks, G. He is horrible. He is horrible. Can you come back next time and tell the Adam West story? I would love to. <laughs> and can I, can I end with just one little anecdote? Yeah, go ahead. Yes. What did Diane Cannon say the time she saw Gilbert naked? <laughs> and? <laughs> Hashtag me too. sessions.